Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. This On Air podcast features attorneys from Myrick O'Connell, a full-service law firm with offices in Worcester, Westboro, and Boston. Today's topic, a U.S. Supreme Court case in June that held the Trump administration could not proceed for now to end the so-called DREAMer program, or DACA, for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. And this program protects about 700,000 young immigrants from deportation. Lauren Sparks, we have here from Myrick O'Connell. What was the underlying case here? So, Howard, as often happens in the Supreme Court case, they tackle a few different cases at once from different circuits if there's a dispute in the law. So in this case, in the primary case that the Supreme Court was dealing with here, it is uh, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, versus Regents of the University of California. To give you a little bit of background, back in June of 2012, the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security issued a memorandum announcing an immigration relief program for individuals who had arrived in the United States during their childhood who were under the age of 31 in 2012 had continuously resided in the U.S. since 2007 and were current students who had completed high school. This memorandum and its announcement of the program are known as DACA, Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Deferred action does not mean that these individuals are American citizens. It simply means that the action taken by the federal government to deport them is deferred. There's no action taken against them, and their previously unlawful status is rendered lawful under this memorandum. In 2014, the program was extended and expanded and eliminated some of the age requirements and restrictions, and even more people were entitled to DACA following that. Recipients of this relief are known as DREAMers. In June of 2017, following a shift in presidential administrations, DHS, Department of Homeland Security, rescinded DACA, the memo that created it, and the expansion of the program that had happened in 2014. DHS indicated we're not going to be accepting any more applications, and people who have been granted relief were in serious jeopardy of having their lawful status in the country automatically just turned to an illegal status. Within days of this announcement of the DACA rescission, plaintiffs brought claims against DHS for violating the Administrative Procedure Act and violating equal protection under the Due Process Clause of the U.S. Constitution. So the Administrative Procedure Act is what governs all agencies, including DHS, and ensures that these agencies have some regulation. One of those requirements under the Administrative Procedure Act is that as an agency, If you make a decision, it can't be arbitrary and capricious. So in administrative law speak, if you're going to do something as an agency, you need to have a good reason. And these plaintiffs in these various court cases throughout the U.S. were claiming DHS didn't have a good reason for rescinding DACA. And DHS was given an opportunity in the lower courts to address that. DHS just said, well, we agree with the rescission and didn't really explain anything further. So Lauren, how did the case get ultimately to the Supreme Court of the United States? This is interesting, Howard, because 
some of these cases were still pending when the government, DHS, filed three petitions for cert with the Supreme Court saying, we just need you to weigh in on this. We don't want to wait for a decision. And while the Supreme Court was deciding whether or not to accept these petitions and to hear the cases, Regents, the the lead case here, uh, was decided and it was decided against the dreamers. So the, the stakes were really high and some of the underlying cases had not even been decided yet. It does happen, but it's usually interesting because I think the Supreme Court likes to wait to see how things are going to fall. But this was such an important issue, they decided to just agree and hear it right away. So what exactly was the decision of the Supreme Court? This was a close one. It was a 5-4 decision written by Roberts. And the Supreme Court held that the Trump administration's abrupt rescission of DACA was arbitrary and capricious, and because of that, violated the Administrative Procedure Act. So to go back to the previous explanation, what that means is DHS's decision to take away this program that affects almost a million people was not good enough. This is important to note, though, that DACA is intact for now. The Dreamers can stay for now. But uh, Justice Roberts doesn't firmly settle the issue. He doesn't say that DACA is legal or illegal. Just says, if you're going to do this again, explain why better. Anything else you want to say about the decision itself and how the court got there? There were two components to this case. The first was the Administrative Procedure Act claim. And the court, again, ruled in the favor of the Dreamers, saying that the Administrative Procedure Act was violated, the decision was arbitrary and capricious. And then there was also the constitutional claim. The basis for the the equal protection violation claim was that the rescission of DACA was motivated by animus against Latinos. And the basis of that claim was that Latinos make up 78% of DACA relief recipients. And so this rescission of DACA would have a disparate impact on Latino individuals. And as part of the case for that, the respondents noted President Trump's statements about Latinos before and after the 2016 presidential election. And the court pretty firmly rejects the argument and says, and doesn't even consider or state or reiterate what President Trump's statements were about Latinos and just says those statements were not made in conjunction with DACA being rescinded. We don't see any evidence that there's animus. So we're not even going to remand this to have further proceedings on it. We just agree that this was properly dismissed. And one of the dissents in this case is written by Justice Sonia Sotomayor. She took exception to this and wrote that she doesn't make a decision about whether the equal protection of the due process clause was violated. She just says the respondents should have had an opportunity to fully litigate this issue and present evidence on it. And in her dissent, she goes into the specific statements made by President Trump and says that the impact of DHS's decision to rescind DACA had to be viewed in the context of the president's public statement 
on and off the campaign trail. And she is firm. At the motion to dismiss stage, I would not so readily dismiss the allegation that an executive decision disproportionately harms the very same racial group that the president branded as less desirable just months earlier. She goes through the statements that Donald Trump had made about Latinos. Now, it seems like this decision, Lauren, is inherently limited. I think you alluded to that in the beginning, and the the press has been talking about that. What are the limits to this ruling? Well, as of right now, we don't know whether DACA is legal or unlawful and contrary to law. The court completely sidestepped that. We've been talking with Myrick O'Connell attorney, Lauren Sparks. Lauren, how can folks contact you with questions or concerns? You can go to the Myrick O'Connell website and just click on Our People. My information will pop up. Or you can send me an email at lsparks at myrickoconnell.com. Thank you so much, uh, Lauren. Thanks for having me. On behalf of attorney Lauren Sparks and Myrick O'Connell, I'm Howard Kaplan. Thanks for joining us. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 